Daily Drive is brought to you by eBay Motors. Auto dealers, are you missing the most engaged buyers because you don't know where to find them? At eBay Motors, you'll find buyers so motivated, they purchase a car or truck once every three minutes. Just call 866-210-5362 and mention code AUTONEWS to get 50% off your first two months. Hi everyone, welcome to the new week. I'm Steve Smith with Automotive News, and this is Daily Drive for Monday, October 4th. When it comes to improving passenger safety, the work being done in the automotive industry is never done. Cars today are designed better than ever before, are being built with stronger and lighter materials, and most come standard with technologies that can help prevent accidents and also respond in milliseconds when accidents do occur. Still, technology is also creating opportunities to do better. Paul Dreisch, founder and CEO of Preact Technologies and his team, are among those leveraging technology to continue the work of improving passenger safety. Their focus? Adapting principles and technologies common in the aerospace industry to create near-field sensing solutions that can predict when a catastrophic incident is imminent and proactively deploy safety measures to protect passengers inside the vehicle. For example, rather than deployment of an airbag in response to an accident, deployment of an airbag milliseconds before an accident happens. He says research shows just 250 milliseconds before can make dramatic improvement on the outcome of those accidents. Dreisch says his company's roots are in pre-crash imminent collision technology solutions, but he also says it's easy to imagine other uses for the camera-enabled system and the software that powers it. Where is the company in its R&D efforts and what's underway as it works to commercialize its predictive safety technology? Where else in the vehicle might the company's systems be deployed in the future? We've reached Preact Technologies founder and CEO Paul Dreisch in Barcelona, Spain. Paul, thanks so much for joining me today on the Daily Drive podcast. How are you? Oh, hi, Steve. Great. Great to be here. Um, Life is great. Thanks for asking. Good. I'm glad to hear it. It's been a couple of years since we connected, so it's good to speak with you again. You are off on an entirely new adventure, so let's start today's conversation with perhaps you telling us a little bit about your company, Preact, and what the company's mission is. We founded Preact with my two co-founders, Kurt and Keith, about three years ago with the mission of uh, doing imminent collision detection, what in the industry they call pre-crash uh, sensing. And what that is, is uh, being able to accurately predict uh, an imminent crash before it happens and then letting the car know that the accident is going to happen. So this isn't about avoiding collisions. This is about saying, oh, crap, <laughs> we're screwed. What can we do to make things better? So that's that's what the company was focused on when we started. And, and we did that because NHTSA did a study some years ago saying on, on this topic, on imminent collision detection, and they said, if you could detect a crash up to 250 milliseconds prior to impact, you could prevent up to 86% of all injuries and deaths just by using seatbelts and airbags differently. So this is about deploying those safety features sooner 
and to your point, it's not about avoiding this catastrophic incident um, completely or entirely. Talk about your technology and the science behind what you're doing to make that happen. Sure, sure. So we spun off of my co-founder's company, Artis, which develops uh, active protection systems for the military. And these are sensor-based systems that are mounted on like light-armored vehicles, like a Humvee, that can detect uh, and track and shoot down an incoming missile before it blows that vehicle to pieces. So we were using that same kind of core IP, not really the same IP, but the, the foundation that they learned from um, gosh, over 10 years and $100 million in DARPA-funded research into near-field sensing and ultra-fast edge processing. So we took that concept and uh, developed a camera based on common time-of-flight imaging technology. Lots of companies make time-of-flight imaging chips. They're, they're used uh, in many different things but they generally are not used for anything that needs to see more than, you know, a few inches to a few feet uh, away. And they also generally are not used in bright sunlight because they operate in kind of the same spectrum as the sun. So there's tons of uh, noise, if you will, uh, in uh, bright sunlight. What we did, though, is with our edge processing software, we were able to uh, advance the, the range and the accuracy and, uh, of a time-of-flight imaging chip. Uh, and so we now have a camera that super low cost in mass production will probably be under $25 a piece that operates like a LiDAR. It's a similar, you know, point cloud with a depth map, just like a LiDAR. Um, but we can operate up to 500 frames a second, whereas a LiDAR today is generally kind of 10 to 20 frames a second. Mm -hmm. um, and we have millimeter level accuracy, uh, you know, kind of each pixel, if you will. Um, so it makes for a very low cost, near field LiDAR-like um, solution. Um, and that's what we have today. This is all based on off-the-shelf components. However, we've patented our own modulated wave time-of-flight imaging technology. So we will eventually be developing our own imaging um, technology um, with some partners uh, in the space, of course, um, that also combines uh, an RGB camera into a kind of a fused uh, um, picture, if you will. Um, and uh, so that's that's what we're up to um, on the technology side. So it's uh, just a, a very low cost kind of form of LIDAR um, using time of flight imaging. It's so interesting to understand and learn about the background, the history of, of this technology. I can recall a handful, you know, two, three, four, I don't recall specifically, of guests that have been on the show over the last year that have described aerospace and defense type of technology, 
now making its way into vehicles and 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 it's you know here is another example of that it's just it's just interesting to me to hear that that background just to clarify one thing in how you described your system and your technology this is something that is built in in the manufacturing process or is it also an aftermarket piece for vehicles that are on the road today yeah, no, I wish I wish it could be uh, more of an aftermarket uh, component, but no, it's generally a, a designed in um, uh, component because you you're interacting with the vehicle's ADAS mm-hmm. system mm-hmm. Um, and or other features. It it's a design in uh, kind of product. Perfect. Thank you for that clarification. I was just, I wanted to make sure that when I heard that, I just wanted to make sure that uh, we we're clear where where the technology is, is built in, designed into the vehicle. Let's talk about some of the capabilities of the technology a little bit deeper. How can this system, I think it's called TrueSense, serve yes. as an alternative to all of a vehicle's near field sensors outside and I understand even inside the vehicle. Can you describe how that happens and describe some of the use cases? Sure, sure. Well, um, a little background, you know, I, I mentioned that we started as a uh, an imminent collision or pre-crash company. Well, once we developed this camera and we realized, hey, you know, if you have this highly accurate, you know, high uh, resolution point cloud and depth map, you have many other use cases for it that either can outperform uh, existing near field sensors like uh, ultrasonic sensors or short range radar, um, or it can even uh, um, enable new use cases. Um, some of the things we're working on with various uh, tier ones and OEMs are like automatic door actuation, um, curb detection, uh, something simple like that, literally like curb detection it doesn't exist today. And that's because like radar and ultrasound don't really work uh, for those kind of use cases. So we're doing uh, Rear automatic emergency braking, pedal misapplication detection, a um, uh, number of other things, uh, basically all around the vehicle. So basically anything uh, an existing near-field sensor can do, we can also do, plus we enable a lot of other use cases. And um, just adding on to that, so if you can imagine... Today you have, you know, typical car has eight to 12 ultrasonic sensors in the bumpers. Mm-hmm. You have, you know, maybe two to four short range radar and you have a few RGB cameras. So imagine, you know, every one of those has a wiring harness. Each system has probably an ECU. Um, imagine if you can get rid of some or all of those, you simplify the vehicle architecture you improve the look because you don't have all these sensors all over the place and you lower the bill of the material uh, of the total vehicle. So, um, you know, I think that's a big reason why we've gotten so much traction in the industry so far. You mentioned the curb uh, warning and a little bit of fun. Uh, When that's ready, let me know because I have way too much invested in replacing the wheels on my vehicle because I just, I can't see the curb. And so when that's ready to go, let me know because I I will be one of your first customers. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
You talk about the efficiencies um, of you know combining these near field sensors um, uh, through your technologies. Are there additional safety, performance, maybe data insights that come from how you're describing your system? And, and maybe I'm describing this incorrectly, but it seems like an aggregation of all these systems running through TrueSense. Are, are there safety features or safety efficiencies, cost efficiencies, performance efficiencies that come from that? Well, let me, let me take it from a, maybe a different angle and see if that answers your question. What near-field sensing on a car does today is, you know, park assist, um, maybe self-parking, um, things, things like that. You know, the RGB camera shows you on this, the dash, you know, what, what you're, you know, about to back into, um, things like that. So if we're able to do all of that, plus all these other use cases and do it in a more accurate way and with much, much, much faster, um, processing, um, yeah, so not only does it enhance the performance of all those um, use cases and lower the bill of material cost of the overall car, it definitely can improve the safety of the vehicle as well. So that's um, one of the use cases, uh, well, like rear automatic emergency braking and pedal misapplication detection, um, you know, don't really exist today. Um because again, the, the, you have to be able to detect something with accuracy and respond in milliseconds. Um, and that's like pedal misapplication is a great example. That's, you know, um, not to pick on anybody, let's just say, you know, my 88 year old mother steps on the gas instead of the brake, mm-hmm. which is, you know, uh, at an intersection and we would be able to see that an imminent collision was likely and alert the ADAS system, you know, to apply the brakes and, you know, so, so nothing happens. Um, so that's just kind of one of the safety use cases that uh, we're uh, working towards, uh, hopefully with a, a certain tier one supplier. We'll be right back with more. The most motivated car buyers aren't knocking on your door anymore. They're online, but you don't have to look far. You can find them at eBay Motors. Our platform features over 7 million engaged users. Our buyers are so engaged, they enter over 3 billion search impressions per month and buy a car or truck every three minutes. Today's car buyer has high expectations when they browse online eBay Motors helps you meet those expectations. Use machine learning with our AI-driven vehicle pages, and you'll automatically optimize your buyer's experience. It's as easy as listing your inventory and watching as the most engaged buyers find you. If you've ever uploaded your automotive inventory to a website, you have more than enough skills to get your cars listed on eBay Motors. It will feel like you're setting up an entirely new car dealership within minutes. Once you list your available inventory, you'll have additional support from the platform, including a single destination page for your entire brand. Want to generate more sales automatically? eBay Motors lets you choose between auction, classified, and fixed-price listing options so the site does the heavy lifting. It even integrates with your existing dealer or vehicle management system. All you have to do is list your inventory. Sit back, relax, watch a movie, and then check back in to see the sales you've made. How do you start? 
It's as simple as creating an account. Call 866-210-5362 and mention the code AUTONEWS to get 50% off your first two months. Find out why selling cars has never been this easy. That number again, 866-210-5362. There's a lot of conversation today in the United States regarding safety technologies and those being active versus passive. You mentioned that uh, the infrastructure bill includes mandates, should it pass, requiring automakers to include as mandatory technologies certain technologies in the future that are proven to save lives. Can you describe how your approach, how your technology helps bridge that gap between active and passive safety technologies? Sure, sure. This goes back to, again, back to our, our, our roots. And that, that was our, you know, kind of uh, mantra when we first started the company was actually bridging the gap between active and passive safety systems. And, um, you know, passive safety systems don't respond until after an accident happens. You know, that that inertial uh, control unit in the car doesn't know that an accident happened and doesn't tell the system until, you know, roughly 20 milliseconds after a crash has happened. So that's why airbags are so, you know, relatively small and have to inflate so fast, you know, it's because they don't have much time, you know. Um, So, and active systems are all about seeing far away and trying to predict a potential collision and that. But there's nothing that operates in that, you know, that last kind of second, you know, before a crash. Um, and that's where we come in. You know, we only see out at most today 25 meters. Um, and in reality, the the any object you're about to hit, you know, if you're at any speed, it's probably only, I don't know, two meters away when mm-hmm. you realize that a crash is imminent, you know. So you literally have, you know, milliseconds to to respond um, and, and let these systems know. And that's where where we come in. And there's there's a lot of products that have been developed by tier ones um, over the years. Um, to take advantage of a sensing system like this. It's just nobody ever came up with a sensing system. I mean, uh, uh, you know, one of the big tier ones developed a pre-crash seat that can adjust a little bit prior to impact. Mm-hmm. The, the new electronic suspensions can tilt one way or the other just prior to impact if they have, have enough warning, you know, so that maybe the frame takes most of the impact versus the the door, you know, which is like the weakest part of the car. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a bunch of these products out there. They just, nobody's ever really sold them because the sensing component, uh, you know, wasn't, uh, uh, you know, wasn't there. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about this sensing component. Let's talk about, you know, where you all are at in your development and deployment cycles. Any pilots underway? Um, are we gonna we're gonna see this in the market first as this uh, proactive airbag? Um, you know, what are <laughs> what are things you're learning? Yeah. 
Well, yeah, we we have a number of uh, OEM and Tier One pilots, uh, you know, underway. Uh, some joint development agreements. Um, you know, we're actually heading towards production with one OEM uh, now. Um, Pre-crash sensing will probably be the last thing you actually see from us, just because because of you know it's a functional safety solution. So just the amount of testing um, that goes on, you know, probably adds uh, two years, um, you know, to to the design cycle um, mm-hmm. or that. But you'll you'll be seeing stuff. Um, uh, more in the convenience and sl- slow ADAS, you know, park assist type thing. You'll see stuff like that or the curb detection uh, much, much sooner uh, on a vehicle. Um, yeah, and as far I, there's very few because of NDAs, it's, right. there's very little we can talk about. We did a presentation together with ZF uh, at the Startup Audubon event in uh, June or July. Uh, talking about a couple of the programs we're working on with them, uh, we're we're we've also announced jointly with uh, we actually have a play in the insurance space and in insure tech as well because um, we've we've patented an, um, a, a bunch of technologies and algorithms around driver behavior rating um, because we're seeing exactly how a driver behaves on the road amongst other vehicles and other objects, um, we're able to help the insurance industry, um, you know, predict, you know, the, the driver's um, risk rating, if you will, hmm. um, more accurately than today's systems. And in fact, um, I don't think I can say who yet, but we, we just did a $10 million Series A that was led by one of the largest insurance companies in the world, um, you know, and they liked the fact that one, we're, you know, saving lives and preventing injuries, but we can also help with the driver behavior rating. Um, so imagine any car that's equipped with our sensors would automatically be like opt-in ready for usage-based insurance. Um, and all that's processed on the edge, so there's no heavy um, transfer of data over cellular, which you know gets expensive. So, I know you didn't ask me about the insure tech space. Oh, that's I. I think it's a wonderful story, and again, it's it's reflective of what I think is going on in the broader movement of goods and people, and that is that industry lines are blurring. <laughs> It is a much more connected business ecosystem. And I think what you described there, even the history of the technology coming from aerospace and defense, when you talk about last mile delivery in the air, again, something this industry and other industries are working on. It's just a very, I think, good story about an example of of how these industry lines continue to blur. Sticking with this insurance, I'm just curious. Do you see a future where your technology disables a vehicle as if somebody is impaired to drive? Hmm. We haven't thought about that. We're, we're not currently working inside the vehicle, hmm. although we get asked all the time because actually that's one area where time of flight cameras 
do get used is, you know, um, driver monitoring or, you know, monitoring the, the face to see, you know, mm-hmm. are you sleepy, drowsy, impaired? Is there still a child in the car when you lock the car? Um, we haven't entered that that space, but it's, it, it's you know, certainly doable. Um, you know, being a, a little startup, you know, you have uh, only so much bandwidth and we've, uh, you know, kind of focused outside the car primarily, um, you know. So I don't know. So yeah, is, is it possible? Yeah, will we be the ones to do it? I, I don't know. So let's look ahead. Next year, three years, five years. Why don't we close with what you see coming for the company in the year ahead? Uh, and again, three to five years out. Wow. Um, well, luckily, you know, having closed this round of funding, it'll allow us to staff up a lot and get our product from the the kind of dev kit stage that it's in today. We'll have a production-ready product um, roughly nine months from now, and we should be on some production vehicles in, uh, i got to be generic here, let's just say uh, well within two years. Um, and that, so that's, that's what we're focused on really is just growing the company, you know, getting the products, uh, finished and out the door, um, and then adding more and more customers, uh, now that we have some more bandwidth. Um, so who knows? Autotech is, it's a crazy market. I mean, <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. like, yeah, you know, I've been in the auto industry my whole life and, uh, you know, I've never seen anything like this. It just... The, the rate of change just grows every every month. So certainly uh, an exciting <laughs> industry. Um, yeah, absolutely. So Paul, thanks so much for joining me today on the show. Uh, congratulations to you and your team on the success and looking forward to seeing what's ahead for Preact and uh, the technology. Appreciate you taking a few minutes. Thanks a lot, Steve. It was a pleasure. That's Daily Drive for Monday, October 4th. For breaking news, go to autonews.com. And to catch up on all of our episodes of Daily Drive, go to autonews.com forward slash daily drive. As always, thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow.